The Guild 45th and Seven Gables Cinemas have closed. Please stay tuned for further details on a renovation plan for each location. During the downtime, we look forward to serving you at the Crest Cinema Center. If you have any questions, please contact customer service at <laughs> C-U-S-T-O-M-E-R-S. Is that you, Felix? Unless we spell it out for you. No, no, it's a voicemail greeting. It sounds me. like Felix. No. No. Thanks. Will you be contacting customer <laughs> yeah. service? I, how do, I'm going to spell out the address one more time to kiss our listeners didn't hear it, letter by letter. <laughs> there seems to be a lot of historic preservation news this week, so uh, give, us the, uh, give us the update. Well, there's three uh, updates, and some would even call these perhaps newsworthy even. Um, first up is the Guild 45th in Wallingford. The more recent part of the theater built in the 70s was torn down last year along with an old house where various restaurants and bars had been. In the past few days, the original 1920 auditorium, which had been modified extensively over the decades, also came down, with most of that demolition being completed this past Monday. Now, that building was denied landmark status by Seattle's Landmarks Preservation Board back in 2016 because of those modifications. Now, both theaters had closed in June of 2017. That's when that voicemail greeting we heard a moment ago was from, promising uh, stay tuned for the renovation plans, which included the Seven Gables Theater burning down not long after the thing closed. Um, Now, as for Wallingford, there's no current permit applications to replace what was just torn down. This is going to be a vacant lot for a while. But next door, where that uh, more recent theater did come down last year, City of Seattle told me yesterday there's an application for a five-story building with 70 units of housing, likely ground floor retail, we would imagine, based on the recent architectural trends. Okay. Now, our second update is about the Ryan House in Sumner. You'll recall last week we heard that City of Sumner reversed plans to restore a house it owns in downtown Sumner, a Ryan House on Main Street, parts of which date to the 1870s or maybe even the 1860s. It's a very old house, very unusual. City Council voted last month to tear it down because it requires more work than originally thought, perhaps maybe a million dollars more. The actual number is a little uh, ambiguous at this point. Now, a citizens group has formed and aligned themselves with the nonprofit Sumner Historical Society. That's the museum and heritage group who'd occupied that house for more than 40 years and uh, after it was the town library for about 50 years. There was a meeting last night on the porch at the Ryan House. I talked to one of the organizers as the meeting was ending. Melody Adams Forstrom told me they're not wasting any time and ramping up an all-out legal battle against city council. We have to sue them because if we just say, oh, well, uh, don't do that, and they say, okay, we won't, you have nothing to back it up legally. You have to go to court, get a summary judgment or an order from the judge that says you will not do such and such or whatever, but they need it from the court, from a judge that legally says this. So there is a city council meeting on October 16th, but they're not waiting for that. They're going to get a legal battle underway. Also on the porch there last night was Dale Loseth. He's president of the Sumner Historical Society. I asked him if an impromptu historic preservation campaign is consistent with his group's mission. Oh, absolutely, because this house is Sumner's history. It's been the repository for Sumner's history for 51 years, even when it was a library. The librarians carried a lot of historical items and did displays and did events. So the history piece of it actually goes back to 1926. And 1926 was when the Ryan family donated the house to the city, and the uh, Ryan house is listed on the National Register of Historic Places. Um, so the group told me last night they heard that the demolition may already be scheduled for November 2nd. The city's not wasting any time. They call this warp speed is what uh, Melody told me last night. Have not been able to confirm that yet with the city of Sumner. Now, there were 17 people on the porch last night. They're a spirited group with a lot of energy. So I asked them to give me their best chant. Save the Ryan House! Save the Ryan House! Save the Ryan House! Save the Ryan House! Ryan House. Is that enough? <laughs> that doesn't count as fake news, does it, Dave? To ask I don't know. Them. I'm sorry. 
Um, how about hey, hey, ho, ho, Ryan House should not go. See, oh, I like this, that. This was all very impromptu. Classic. I thought for, for an impromptu, I thought they did a pretty good job. Spirited group. Okay. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with that with the legal battle of the city council over the next month and if, in fact, November 2nd is the demolition date. Now, finally, on our uh, historic preservation update, Seattle High School Memorial Stadium at Seattle Center will later today be considered for landmark status by the Seattle Landmarks Preservation Board. You'll recall they had a preliminary meeting back in August, and that process is weird. The Seattle School District, they own the building, and they want to tear it down. They're very clear about that. They paid a consultant to, pre to prepare what many would call an anti-nomination with the goal of the stadium not being designated a landmark. So the nomination is missing much of what would have made it more historic-sounding to a body deciding its fate. It's a very bizarre, bogus process. It's, it's been called out many times over the years by people who, who just see it's, it's, it's phony. So the board meets today to consider the anti-nomination. There will be no one there advocating on the stadium's behalf. As one preservation pal told me, it's like a defense attorney advocating for their client's execution. It's a really weird process. Huh. Now, the Landmarks board members are volunteers, uh, architects, people like that, and they often look to City of Seattle Landmark staff for direction on how they vote on these landmark designations. The staff provides direction in the form of a staff report, which was posted online last week. Dave, can you please read this particular line from the staff report? Okay, so uh, quoting from the staff report, the Landmarks Board Coordinator acknowledges the cultural history associated with this site as a gathering space for community events prior to development, then as Civic Field, then as Memorial Stadium. The coordinator believes the significance of this place may not be embodied in the 1947 stadium structure itself, but rather in the open outdoor playfield area. Okay, I have two thoughts on that. One is it's a bizarre kind of hair splitting. Extending that a metaphor or analysis to other potential landmarks, one might be able to say only the screen of a movie theater would be considered historic. <laughs> only the stage of a music venue would be historic, or only the kitchen of a restaurant would be historic. As if those community members gathered to take part in the game, the movie, the concert, or the meal are immaterial to the history, right? Okay, that's, that's, that's a little squishy, right? The other thought is that a future landmark designation process in a process like that, the owner of a theater or restaurant that many people think would be historic could just say, well, you know, the significance of this place may not be embodied in the structure itself, but rather in the spaces inside. I want to tear that old thing down and build a theater so people will be able to have that space, that significant space inside of my new theater or my new apartment building or whatever. So I have a different standard. I, I think that if it's going to be historic, it's got to be the kind of thing tourists would want to see. And I'm trying to think who would want to, you know, drive a bus full of paid tourists to look at Memorial Stadium or who would be impressed even by its story. I think people would be impressed by the story. Were that story properly told over the last uh, year since 1947? Because the memorial part is going to be preserved, right? This is where we differ, Dave, right? You, oh. you think the memorial is in you, – you believe this thing about the significance of the place may not be embodied in the structure itself. You, you, you're believing the staff coordinator. You've, been, you've fallen under their spell. I, I think what's significant, no, no, is that this was a memorial to people who lost their lives. And that, and that memorial, those names are always going to be there, and they will always be remembered. But maybe we could remember them with a, a structure that's maybe a little bit more impressive than See, what's there. But you could do the Climate Pledge Arena approach where you've got that beautiful 1962 – uh, roof yeah. line of the Coliseum. Well, but that's worth seeing. I mean, that was structurally not, significant, an architectural breakthrough. It's, it's iconic. So, you know, so is Memorial Stadium. You know, the roof of Memorial Stadium of the, mm -hmm. of the grandstands, the, the girders or the beams are on the top. Mm -hmm. You can't, if you look up from the seats, you see a flat roof, flat ceiling. Yeah. Very unusual. The actual uh, beams are not visible. That's, that's a, kind of a, a landmark. Just like thing Seahawks Stadium, Felix, the beams are on the top. 
things, right? But this might be the first example. This debate is getting tense, you guys. I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing. It's a a tourist calling. I don't think it's a window. I don't. And all all kidding aside, it's not a tourist attraction. My my belief is, when they had this notion of living memorials after World War II, we're not going to put up a statue and look at a soldier Mm. and think about the war. We're going to build a place where we can go and celebrate what these guys died for. They died for freedom to assemble. They died for freedom to have football games or whatever. It's not just about the play field. It's about all those people who are celebrating their lives every day by doing what we get to do in times that are not um, wrapped up in war. Times of peace, we're having football mm-hmm. games and we're celebrating in these, under these grandstands. And a good architect could make that stadium sing again, doing the Climate Pledge Arena approach, using the original structure, digging out underneath it, building around it, and honoring that promise made in 1947 to those families. Not just a list of names in 1951, but we're going to celebrate the lives that were lost, those 800 lives. Every time we gather in this space, that's what I believe. I don't care about right. tourists. I mean, well, I love you, tourists. But. You have, you have uh, lit the fire, and mm-hmm. now we'll see if people rise to do something about yeah, it. Yeah, we'll see. Exactly. We'll find out later today. 3.30 p.m., public can still take part. There's public comment online. So get online and comment and say how much you love Memorial Stadium. And don't listen to Dave. <laughs> I was going to say, you don't yeah. want Dave to do no. that. Wait, save the Ryan house. Oh, yes, yeah, and that too. <laughs> My goodness. Felix Spinell,